1: This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Live Mike is the name of this little show, episode 27. Last segment of the day. I'm grateful to you for joining us throughout the day today, right now on the floor of the United States Senate, Jason Crow, one of the seven House impeachment managers, is making his case against the President of the United States. That'll carry on for the next few days, and then it'll be the defense team's turn to make their case in favor of the President and against the articles sent over by the House of Representatives. Uh, it's my promise to you, we're going to continue to follow this i'll be up late tonight i'm sure reviewing this and i'll report back to you tomorrow anything i find interesting or informative or uh relevant to this uh, big old storyline uh, in the last segment i told you that we were awaiting a, uh, a cache of documents to come and they are likely to come at any time we don't yet have our hands on them but they will inform us of the formal charges against the uh, young suspect in the death of four folks uh, four members of the same family uh, in Grantsville. Uh, a terrible horrible tragedy befell that community and specifically the Haney family on Friday night and over the weekend we scrambled for details I myself drove out there Monday morning and just sat in front of the house for a moment and looked uh, at the winter decorations on the porch, these uh, white snowflakes hanging uh, above the railing just before you walk into the house. Uh, on that same porch there was a, a bench where I speculated maybe uh, that's where mom and the kids sat when it was time for trick-or-treating. Uh, there's a, there was a van parked outside uh, with the stickers in the back window. You know, the kind of stickers, uh, there's one for mom and one for dad, little stick figures, one for all the kids. And the, the real cute folks put up uh, a couple stick figures for the pets, and those uh, two were on the back of a van. And it was just a, kind of a, a somber moment for me, but it uh, allowed me to kind of get my head around uh, this terrible tragedy. On the line now is Greg Scordis uh, an attorney here, uh, and I am grateful to you, Greg, for joining us. And I also owe you a, a thanks. Uh, you are a name well-known to this uh, radio station. You, as I was traveling across the country with my young baby here to assume my position uh, as a host on this program, you were doing me a great service and uh, filling in as host. And I just wanted to thank you for doing that and, and uh, congratulate you on a, on a great job done. I listened thank to you, you as I was driving out here.
0: Thank you. I enjoyed doing that. It's difficult what you do, though.
1: Tell me about it. I'm sweating right now. Listen uh, we had hoped to we had hoped to, to have uh, this segment be a breakdown of sorts. We had thought we would get our hands on some documents outlying uh, the charges being leveled against this suspect. We don't yet have those, and so while I do have you let me take advantage of your expertise when documents of these type are uh, initially made public. what is it that someone like you looks for initially what's the, the first thing uh, to catch your attention
0: so what I would do, Lee, is that when the prosecutor files a case like this, they'll typically include what they call a probable cause statement, which is a summary, just a fairly brief summary, in this case maybe a couple pages long, but a summary of the charges, what what the government thinks its case is. It's not the recitation of the facts or it's not evidence by any means, but when, when the government has uh, serious charges and they intend to hold somebody in custody, they want to bolster those charges and convince a judge why bail should be a high amount or why the charges warrant that whatever they are so they'll have a probable cause statement that will be very valuable in determining what they think the evidence is
1: we have heard through various reports that the suspect is uh, relatively young uh, we have also learned that they will likely be charged as an adult what's the criteria uh, for making such a decision like that
0: um that's a good question utah law allows that a 16 or 17 year old can be charged as an adult in fact it should be charged as an adult when they're accused of a murder or in this case it's probably going to be an aggravated murder so typically we we reserve uh, the juvenile court for a uh, individuals accused of crimes under the age of 18, but Utah allows what we call a direct file. In other words, they don't even have to start in juvenile court. They just file in the adult court system when the individual is 16. And my understanding um, from the Twilla County Attorney's Office is that the accused here is a 16-year-old uh, male, and so they'll just file directly in the adult court. They'll bypass the juvenile court altogether.
1: Understood. Uh, capital punishment is a legal penalty here in the state of Utah. Could it have, uh, could it come into play in this case? It
0: cannot. And, and 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 this is an egregious case. I mean, if this kid did this crime uh, and he was 18, he would clearly qualify for capital punishment for the death penalty. But our... Uh, Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, has said that the death penalty is reserved only for adults. You cannot execute somebody for something they did while they were under the age of 18. That violates what we call our cruel and unusual punishment clause of the the Constitution, and it, it wouldn't be something that would be on the table. That doesn't mean that he wouldn't get the alternative to that, which is life in prison without the possibility of parole, But he he would not be a a candidate for the death penalty under state or federal law.
1: Understood. Once these documents are released uh, for the accused, what is the next step in their legal process?
0: And the first thing they'll do is they'll schedule a hearing uh, in fairly short order uh, because he's he's in custody and they've got to do something. And that hearing will be to determine uh, three things, really one what his custody status will be. And I'm sure that they're going to ask for either no bail or such a high bail amount that it's impossible for him to get out. And then uh, the appointment of counsel. Does he qualify for a public defender? Is his family going to hire somebody? And then the last thing is just to schedule uh, what's called a preliminary hearing, an evidentiary hearing, to decide if there's enough evidence to go forward with trial. And there will be some intermediate hearings in the meantime, but he'll probably be brought before a judge, If the charges do come down today, which I expect any minute, he'll probably be dropped before a judge uh, tomorrow or Friday.
1: Attorney Greg Scordis, I'm grateful to you for joining us. Thanks for making this all clear for us. And thank you for all the service you do to our listeners. I know you appear on a number of the programs here and you are uh, the go-to guy with the go-to mind. And I uh, expect that once we do get our hands on these uh, documents and we have a chance to comb through them, we'll be calling you again uh, to see, you, to get your analysis. Again, uh, Greg Scordis, I'm grateful to you for joining us on the program. Thanks so much, Lee. All righty. Listen, just a few more moments left in today's program on the floor of the House Senate right now as I monitor it. It's Jason Crow. He's a, a representative a Democrat uh, serving today as an impeachment manager. His name, along with the uh, six other managers, will go down in history as one of the very few who prosecuted a case against the President of the United States on the floor of the U.S. Senate. We spoke to one such individual here in studio just last week. Utah's own Chris Cannon served in this role, and it was fascinating to hear from him uh, his insight as he uh, took upon himself that great responsibility. Uh, today's been a, a, a tough show. Uh, we've talked about some pretty somber topics and we've talked about some legal topics. We've talked about uh, some fun things, too. We heard that, uh, what, those senators, they can't drink uh, anything but what, water and sparkling water, maybe some milk if they smuggle it in. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, we also talked with Utah Representative Craig Hall, who this morning appeared at a press conference uh, on day one of a new rule taking effect here in the state of Utah, which outlaws conversion therapy. Uh, and you know what conversion therapy is, I think. If not, it's, uh, let me tell you, it's when you are uh, homosexual. And you enter into some sort of therapy or uh, some sort of any kind of uh, process or procedure that might uh, be destined or designed to change your sexuality. That's conversion therapy. Well, uh, some time ago, Representative Craig Hall, a Republican here in the state of Utah, uh, kicked off an effort which has led to today a rule uh, being... Uh, signed by Governor Herbert, outlawing that practice here in the state of Utah. Great victory for for many folks. Uh, it joins us uh, in league with a number of other states across the country. In fact, uh, it was uh, Chelsea Clinton. You know her, the daughter of uh, bill clinton made it known on twitter today that's how i found out about that interesting stuff uh listen we got a big show already in the works for tomorrow we're going to speak to some firefighters who have been spending their last little while down in puerto rico uh helping the folks down there that's all on tomorrow's episode of live mike and i'm lee Lonsberry.
0: a gun in the face then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point where i thought i'm gonna die today